0: Welcome to another episode of Two Guys in a Chainsaw. I'm Craig.
1: And I'm Todd.
0: And we are thrilled to have back with us uh, our uh, friend and former co host, Jordan. Say hi, Jordan.
2: Hey, guys. Hey, Jordan.
0: (laughs) So excited
1: you could join us today.
0: Me too. The movie we're doing this week is a movie that I'm sure we would have gotten around to uh, eventually. But really, uh, it was Jordan who, since this movie has come out, has been, when are we doing it? When are we doing it? When are we doing it? <laughs> 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 and so we are, we are finally getting around to doing uh, 2017's It Chapter One. Uh, Jordan, I know you, so um, I kind of feel like I know this a little bit. But why don't you tell us your history with this book and and why you wanted to do the movie?
2: Um, well, like most people who were born like post nineteen eighty five. As a child, I did see the miniseries, not yeah. when it premiered. I don't have any cool stories about like in the early nineties and like being so afraid, but yeah,
3: <laughs> but, okay. um,
2: I watched the miniseries as a kid and it was always really spooky to me. And then when I was in high school, I read the book one summer and I feel like I just really read it at the right time. And, because I was 16 or 17 and I could really empathize with the child characters or the child, the characters as children. Then mm-hmm. I could also really, really empathize with, you know, the adult, the characters as they were adults. And so I just, the book really means a lot to me. I've read it through two or three times. It's my favorite book. Wow. I have a foot tattoo. That's an homage to the book. Um, But I love this book. And then, I, the movie came out, and I really loved the movie. I saw it in theaters like within a couple days of it coming out. I think it was like the second day that it was out yeah. that I went and saw it, and I remember like being in tears in the car, like because I was so excited to go. <laughs> <laughs> It was like a chihuahua.
1: I don't know, Craig. I feel like we should have gotten a guest on here who's a little more interested in this story. Uh, I know,
2: right? She she only has a
1: foot tattoo. Come on.
0: No, I've seen it. It's a great tattoo. You'll have to send a picture so we can post it on the page. (laughs) let's do that. It's really cool. And any other tattoos Uh, you might have? yeah whatever <laughs> no i i've been really excited to do this too because uh you know like you i grew up with the miniseries and we have talked about the miniseries on our podcast and um, both todd and i have fond memories of it uh and we had a really good time talking about it it's i believe to date our only two-part episode uh up until now i mean surely we'll do chapter two when it comes out well, and we're just gonna, like
1: kind of have to now, right? It's yeah, like a I mean, commitment, <laughs> but
0: yeah, by the time, uh, this gets posted, the movie will probably be in theaters or will be in theaters very soon. And I'm really looking forward to it. But, um, I was a little skeptical when I heard that uh, they were making a new version. I mean, I figured it was probably inevitable that they would eventually. But uh, I did have such fond memories of the first one. In particular, um, Tim Curry's portrayal of Pennywise. Oh, yeah. Um, So I was a little bit skeptical. But like you, Jordan, I was excited to go see it. And I just... I, I thought it was great. I, th- I think it's a great adaptation of the book. Uh, it's even more faithful to the book than the miniseries was. Um, and I just thought that it was, you know, the, the two, the miniseries and the movie can exist on their own. They're different. There are some things that I like better about this version that we're talking about today um there are some things that i appreciate more uh, about the miniseries but i thought this was a great movie and and i like you too i saw it when it came out in theaters but todd you just saw it right like you just watched it for this right
1: yeah this is my first time i was in uh well i'm still in china uh but when this came out i was indeed in China. And these kind of movies, they don't come out over here. The Chinese government uh, bans all films that have any supernatural elements to them. Uh, Or if a movie comes out over here from the West that has some supernatural elements and they can be like modified or taken out or if it turns out that the character it was all a dream and it's all just the product of someone's delusional mind, then it'll pass the censors. So something like this absolutely, pretty much no horror movies like this ever come out over here in China. So I had to Stream it through the internet, through my VPN.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of dying to know what you thought. I mean, what in a nutshell, what were your feelings about it?
1: Well, like the two of you, major Stephen King fan. I think all of our listeners know this about us. And mm-hmm. also, if we're dialing back the clock a little bit, I remember back to when we did the miniseries of this movie, and we decided to do our two-parter, and we were so excited to do it. We were so excited because as kids we had such fond memories of that miniseries, right? And it scared Great. us to death when it came out and it was all anybody was talking about. It was like the scariest thing anybody had ever seen. And then when we went back to do it, we watched that first half and we're like, yeah, you know, this is, this is pretty good. This is pretty cool. We remember the second half being where it really gets intense. And then I remember, um, spoiler alert for anyone who hasn't gone back to, to listen to those episodes again, being a little let down. Like, hmm, this hasn't really aged so well.
0: Isn't right that kind of what especially, we especially the second half yeah
1: especially the second oh, yeah. half it, it was just like
2: second half is trash it, <laughs> <and> it, <laughs>
1: didn't, <laughs> it didn't feel so at the time but now looking back on it it feels like kind of a slightly lame made for tv movie it's got some real sappy moments in it and it yeah and, and of course even at the time i think we were all a little disappointed by the ending but it's just a tricky book to pull off because the book is yeah. so epic right i mean it can take you a whole summer to read this book if you're really taking your time. It's really long, it's really epic, and it really dives into all the characters' backstories and the backstory of the town and the backstory of It. And then it's like two separate stories, right? That's the first half mm-hmm. is the kids, and then the second half is adults. Whereas the book weaves those together a bit, the miniseries and this movie have chosen to separate those. So the first part is the kids battling this creature, and the second part is them having to return to battle it again as adults. And so I'm really hoping that like chapter two of this isn't going to be a letdown like <laughs> like chapter two of the miniseries was. Watching this part, I have to say like, I thought it was good. I thought it was fun. I wasn't as blown away by it as I expected to be, to be completely honest. But I think I feel the same way that you do. Like it has its place. There were actually some things I liked better about the miniseries. And there were actually some things I thought worked a lot smoother and better with this one. And like neither of them are quite like the book, you know? It it was really interesting to see the things that they decided to leave in and the Mm -hmm. things that they decided to leave out. And the things for this movie that they downright changed. I mean, they changed a lot from the book for this movie. And I kind of liked it. I kind of liked what they did with it. It it, it felt like a slightly different story to me. So it's really hard to compare all three. You know, they're like three separate things, even though they're all kind of based on the same source material. So uh, in summary, I liked it for what it was. It wasn't as scary as I'd hoped it would be. But part of that might be just because I'm so familiar with it, you know, already. Right. That, um, I was just kind of sitting, waiting for the next thing to happen, wondering, oh, how are they going to handle this thing? And how are they going to handle the house on the street and all this stuff, you know? So that was maybe, maybe someone who's coming into this fresh would feel a little bit differently about it than I did. And and I don't know, maybe you guys too.
2: I would agree with you completely. That's exactly how I feel. The movie, I, I can appreciate it for a movie, but like, then I go back and then like, as a fan of the book, then, you know, obviously I start comparing it to the book. And like some of the plot points and stuff that they changed that it does like kind of disappoint me as a reader. But then as a moviegoer, I think it's a great movie. It is great for what it is. It's interesting and it does keep you interested and just hanging on and you want to know more. So I thought they did a good job with it, even if it is not, you know, true to form.
0: Yeah, I it's funny Todd, I, I I kind of feel differently. Like I felt like they kind of went out of their way to throw us readers a lot of bones. Like there are a lot of things that happen in the book that uh, were not in the mini series that, that happened here. And there were even just little references to things like, gosh, I was just watching it. I I don't know. I remember in the book uh, there was some like big, like, circular water tower that, Mm -hmm. or something like that that a scene took place in. The stand
2: type.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's in the book. It's in this movie. Yeah.
0: Yeah, you see it. And like there was a thing with the Paul Bunyan statue in the book that that the miniseries didn't deal with. And like we see the Paul Bunyan statue here and I've seen the trailer for the second one. So I know that like there's payoff with that. The the movie was uh, directed by Andy Muschietti, but um, it was originally going to be directed by uh, Cary Fukunaga. Cary Fukunaga did the screenplay, and his original screenplay. And, and from, I, I'm not really familiar with Fukunaga's work, but people are very impressed with him. But he changed quite a lot like down to changing names of the principal characters and stuff yeah and when he left when he left the project and andy machete came on um they did a lot of rewrites to make it a lot more faithful to the book and i i just i i thought that it was pretty faithful i i have to say that what surprised me the most about the movie first of all The kids in this movie are fantastic. Yes. I just think that they just blow me away. They're so good. Um, You've got Jaden Martell as Bill, the leader of the Losers Club, and uh, Jeremy Ray Taylor as Ben who's supposed to be the fat kid. And like, that is so exactly who I was when I was a kid. Like I (laughs) related with him so hardcore. (laughs) So Sophia Lillis as Beverly, she's just stunningly gorgeous, but in a, you would know her kind of way. I would have had such a crush on her as a kid. Finn Wolfhard, who is, you know, a, really a rising star. Uh, he's um, best known for his work in Stranger Things. But he plays Richie Toz, Tozier. And then you've got Chosen Jacobs as Mike Hanlon. Uh, Jack Dylan Grazer as Eddie Kasbrak, And Wyatt Olaf as Stanley Uris. Um, I think that... Uh, the characters of Stanley and Mike kind of get the shaft in this movie. Yeah. I feel like they kind of got written out to the side, but the thing that well, surprised Stan me,
2: gets the shaft in
0: the book anyway. Yeah, that's true. That's true. <laughs> um, but uh, this movie is f- Funny, like I remember being in the theater and just laughing out loud so hard because the dialogue between these <laughs> kids, especially Finn Wolfhard's lines. I mean, I was just cracking up. I thought it was hysterically funny, and i th- I think that that's a really difficult thing to balance comedy with then, you know, some pretty seriously horrifying things that are going on. And that was one of my favorite things about it. That was it's something that many people criticized. But I thought that I just loved it.
2: The humor for me was so effective. And it was also very realistic because these are all middle school kids. And I remember being in middle school and all of us were just cursing at each other and calling each other curse words because it was yeah. the thing to do, and we thought it was so cool, and so I just going into the movie and then seeing all this dialogue, it was made just even more even funnier to me because it, it I was so relatable mm.
0: yeah. It, yeah it
2: felt it
0: felt much more real in that way. I mean, the, the miniseries obviously was limited. It was broadcast television. There was only so much that they could do, but, um, and, and there was a lot of worry when they were first making this movie that they were going to go PG 13 because PG 13, uh, horror movies, uh, tend to bring in more money because they can reach a wider audience, but they, you know, decided from the beginning that they wanted to go for a hard R and, uh, they did. And, and it is, you know, Todd will get his bleeper out or whatever, but to hear these (laughs) kids throwing around and, and you know, it's real life, you know, that's, that's how kids talk. And I I just thought it was so funny.
1: Yeah. And we, We've talked about this before, too, you know, like uh, even the movies of the 80s. The, the, one of the things that this movie does is it kind of transplants the kids' um, story from the 50s or 60s, which is what it was in the original book, I think, and in the mm. miniseries, too. Yeah, it was the 50s. 50s, yeah, to the 80s. And then they had to update some of the scary, scary monsters as, as well, you know, so it's not like mummies and Wolfmen and things like that. Uh right. but, but the other thing is that it, it's a bit of a throwback to those kid movies of the 80s like Stand By Me and Goonies and those movies again just like you said uh, they, they use the F word. The kids are swearing and cursing and they even got PG ratings at the time. You know, just to kind of show you how things have changed a bit. But that's one of those things, again, that makes it relatable. It's like, this is the way kids really do talk. And it's cool to see that.
0: Yeah. And and 80s nostalgia is huge right now, which is a a dream for me. Right. right. I was hanging out with Jordan's mom last night and Jordan's mom's like, uh... I'm so over the eighties nostalgia and I'm like, nope, not nope. me. Keep it coming. Like,
2: <laughs> oh my gosh. She should not even be saying that. My entire childhood has been eighties nostalgia. Uh,
0: <laughs> like,
1: maybe that's why she's over it. <laughs> she made herself sick.
2: Hall and Oates was relevant music in two thousand four. <laughs> like
1: <laughs> Hey, it, it's not? What?
3: <laughs> yeah.
1: No, well, no I thought
2: it was current music and like uh, other kids would ask me like, what's your favorite artist and what music do you like? And I would be like, yeah, I really like Hall and Oates and you know, Fleetwood Mac because that's all my mom would listen to
3: music
2: at the time. Hey,
1: <laughs> you oh, could have done funny. worse, I suppose. Well, I also saw, and of course we get Stranger Things is really popular now. And I saw the Duffer Brothers were actually in line at one point uh, to direct this movie and uh and it didn't happen but they took uh what did they did they do a pass of the script this movie started development in like 2007 it took it took like 12 years to get to the screen
2: yeah it was in development hell for a long time and when I read the book originally I was at my aunt's house in Florida and I would read it in the pool and I was like going through it reading like a hundred pages a day and like I would always get freaked out about the pool drain at the bottom because I was outside yeah. by myself. <laughs> uh, but so, of course, I started googling, you know, if there was going to be a film and stuff. And this was when Carrie, you said that was Fukunugu, Fukanu- Fukanuga yeah, yeah. Okay, Carrie, this was when Carrie Fukanuga was uh, still in line to direct it, and I am a huge fan of True Detective, and mm-hmm. he directed the first season of True Detective, so I was so excited that he was going to be on for this film. Now that that in hindsight we figure out that he made so many changes, I'm really glad that Andy Muschietti was able to come on, but it was in development for a long time, I know. Yeah,
0: I I am too. I'm glad that it ended up the way it did. I don't think that the Duffer brothers even got the opportunity to, you know – submit anything. They were interested but it was before Stranger Things. You know Stranger Things is huge, but before that nobody knew who these guys were. And if you are a fan of Stranger Things, you know that, you know, they they're clearly inspired by uh Stephen King and there's lots of references and stuff. But you know this is what we ended up with and uh I thought it was great. I mean, one of you know, here we are 20 minutes in, we haven't started talking about the plot, but I kind of feel like our fans hopefully know the the plot, and we can get into talking about some of our favorite parts or whatever. But I think the you know one of the big things that we need to talk about is Bill Skarsgård as Pennywise. Mm. There were a lot of people up for Pennywise at various points. Uh, Jim Carrey was up for it at one point. Uh, Tilda Swinton was up for it at one point. <laughs> um, Will Will Poulter was actually cast. Uh, he's an interesting guy and an interesting looking guy. And when I heard that he was cast, I'm like, Oh yeah, he's kind of creepy looking. He might be good. (laughs) Um, And, and then, uh, because of the development hell, you know, he had to, had to drop out. And then they got Bill Skarsgård who, you know, I, I know about the Skarsgård family, you know, they're a very famous family, but I, I didn't really know anything about Bill Skarsgård, but, uh, I think, and, and he decided early on that he was not going to, oh, even Tim Curry, they they offered it to Tim Curry to reprise the role. Really? Which, yeah, I don't even understand that because Tim Curry has had a stroke and is in really bad health and <laughs> has really limited mobility, yeah. so yeah. I don't I don't know if this was before his stroke or what, but from what I've read, they offered it to him and he turned it down anyway. Maybe it would Bill,
2: be like a Paul Walker and fast and the furious type thing where they just CGI his face. someone else's body.
0: Maybe. Um, but Bill Skarsgård got cast and, uh, he, I guess got really into the role to the point where it was giving him nightmares, you know, like it was, uh, affecting his mental health. um, But he decided that he was not going to try in any way to emulate uh, Tim Curry, which I think was the right way to go. Like, you've got to make this your own. Uh, And I think that he does. I think that he's a really creepy uh, Pennywise. The only thing, if I'm going to be critical of the movie, my only criticism would be the CGI stuff that they I'm do right there with you yeah that they do with him you know the, the reason that i'm so impressed with tim curry's performance is because all that dude had was a wig and some makeup yeah that's it that's all he and and a, and a couple of prosthetics and a couple of scenes but that's all he had you know it was all his performance and i think that bill skarsgard gives an amazing performance but there are some cgi moments in here that i think are a little much for example the garage scene mm. i'm not saying it's not a scary scene it's a scary scene but when a great big giant Pennywise pops out of the slide projector and and jumps out at them like a 3D movie. Um, yeah. It took me out of it a little bit. It,
1: it that was a bit of a yeah that was a bit of a cartoon moment, and there were a few of those in here. I, I agree with you. I feel like. At the end of the day, I'm just trying to figure out how much was his performance and how much of it was just CGI, because uh, really, he just kind of has a, a look, and uh, he says some lines. He he only has, I think I read like five minutes of dialogue through the whole movie. And actually, one of the things is he's, he doesn't show up too often in the movie, which is a good thing. But when he does, it's him with his head kind of down, smiling the creepy smile, saying a few lines, and then like poking around the corner or poking around back, and Everything else is like CGI. His eyes going different directions, or making his mouth actually go no. A bigger. Bill
2: Skarsgård. Oh, sorry to interrupt you, Todd. But yeah, um, the eyes. Bill Skarsgård does that naturally. Yeah, I know he yeah, can he make can, his eyes go the different directions.
1: That's true. He can do it to an extent, but then there were times when they just like made it even you know crazier. Like it would roll completely right. sideways yeah. or go into his head or things like that. You know. So I mean, I'm not I'm not trying to downplay it. I just feel like. Uh, unlike tim curry who's given a lot of room to work with uh in here he gets not a lot of room and gets a lot of help from the cgi you know what i'm saying
0: yeah (laughs) i don't know i I get what you're saying but i do think that he gives a strong performance i mean i think that he's creepy the way that he talks he's got kind of a a higher pitched voice Mm -hmm. and um look like a nice boy i bet you have a lot of friends
2: three but my brother's my best ass where is he in bed sick
0: i bet i could cheer him up i'll give him a balloon do you want a balloon too georgie i'm not supposed to take stuff from strangers oh well i'm pennywise the dancing clown pennywise yes me georgie georgie Meet Pennywise. (laughs) Now we aren't strangers, are we? His movement, I think, is good. Like, I mean, this this watching it from a critical perspective, I thought, you know, this guy is really giving it his all. You know, he's really trying to embody this character, Um, and I thought he did a good job. You know, the director kept Bill Skarsgård in costume and makeup away from all of the kids until they filmed scenes with him. Skarsgård was actually really concerned that he was going to scare and, and traumatize these kids but apparently even though you know they would film a scene and the kids would be screaming and crying as soon as the director would call cut, the kids would be like, oh yeah, I really like what you're doing with your character. This is awesome. like <laughs> <laughs> apparently apparently these kids were, you know, just pros. I couldn't stop saying it. I was watching it with my partner the the kid who plays Eddie Casprack, Jack Dylan Grazer, is just like one of the cutest kids I've ever seen in my life. and he looks like your uncle, but like <laughs> but like three feet tall. like He's so <laughs> yes. flipping cute. Ah, I couldn't handle it. <laughs> oh, my word. Yeah, gosh. I, I, I don't know where to go from there. I mean, uh, the opening scene, i and I, I thought they did this a couple of times, too. I felt like the opening scene was very reminiscent of the miniseries. Mm-hmm. I, I felt like they blew little kisses to the miniseries throughout. There's also another scene where... Richie ends up in this room full of these clown dummies. And uh, one of the clown dummies is actually a dummy of Tim Curry's Pennywise. Um, so, you know, they, they were paying homage in some ways to that. I, I thought that was cool. And another thing that I thought that was good that they included from the book that I didn't see so much in the miniseries was that like in this opening scene, there's a woman outside when Georgie uh, gets attacked by Pennywise. And I don't think that she sees it directly, but then there's also another scene, the scene where, Ben is getting, you know, like horribly aggressively bullied by Henry Bowers and some adults drive by and they just ignore it. And that was a huge part of the book, how like somehow the town just ignored these things that were going on or, or failed to see them or refused to see them. Like like they were uh,
1: trained to like look the other way all the time. It was just a part of the town. Like the adults just pretended things weren't happening well, without maybe even knowing they were.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Well, I didn't really necessarily take it as that. I took it more as like Pennywise's influence over the town mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. makes them look the other way. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 I, I think you're right. Yeah. That first scene you're talking about, though, Craig, with the lady that's on the porch, I actually wrote this down in my notes, because the scene on the kissing bridge where they literally turn the other way and the balloon pops up, like, that's a pretty direct, you know, homage to Pennywise and, like, his influence and stuff, but that lady on the porch, I wrote down... Is this a Category 5 hurricane? Why can she not hear this kid screaming? (laughs) (laughs) That's
0: a good point. Uh, And, and, you know, I I, I do think that uh, they tried in that opening scene to say, look, here... We're gonna stay true to the book, and it's gonna be similar to the the miniseries, but we're gonna really be brutal here. I mean, once again, yeah. you know Georgie is this cute, sweet little kid, but in the the miniseries, you know, you see Tim Curry open his mouth wide and you hear Georgie scream and then it, cuts to the next scene no here you see you know his severed arm and he's crawling away and he's crying and blood is like flooding the street and then he gets grabbed and dragged back into the sewer it was brutal and i felt like that that kind of set the tone yeah uh, for what was gonna happen later
2: that scene i thought was very strong and that was one of the trailers that originally came out and, you know, watching the trailer and then even seeing it in theaters and plus, you know, I've seen the miniseries, I've read the book, I know what's going to happen. Like, I still got full body chills. I thought it was mm-hmm. very effective. It really worked for me.
0: Yeah, me too.
1: Another aspect of the book that I was really happy that they that they had in here, I can't remember how much they dealt with it in the miniseries. I know it was probably downplayed a little bit because of the, you know, ratings and whatnot. But um, just the threat of Henry Bowers is yeah. huge in the book like they're they're at least uh, as in danger of being killed by this kid as they are by Pennywise um cuz he's just relentless and brutal and it was interesting how they humanized him a little bit in this movie um, yes. by showing his his home life and his father and even showing him afraid and scared and I don't remember that stuff in the book it was probably there
2: Oh I do You do yeah. okay there was actually quite a bit of focus on Henry Bowers and In the book, Butch Bowers is not a cop. He's just some, like, hick farmer who hates Will's – or Mike's family because they're black, and he's very Mm -hmm. racist, and Mm -hmm. therefore Henry's very racist, and he's very abusive to Henry. And a lot of that is – King puts a lot of focus on that and, like, pretty much already creates him as a villain. Henry Bowers is, like, my favorite low-key Stephen King villain – you know, just because like he is so relatable, because you know you can relate to that kid who's you know being abused, and like you see that, and like you almost feel bad for him, and he is kind of human, but at the same time, you just kind of love to hate him. He in the book is oh, there's a lot more focus put it's on brutal.
0: him. Yeah, 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 and and there, <laughs> Henry Bowers and and his gang, his his gang doesn't get. Much attention here. I mean, he gets humanized more, and I appreciate that. But there was a lot of messed up shit that went down in the book with Henry Bowers' gang that they <laughs> didn't even <Yeah>. touch. Like, <laughs> <Yeah>. Jordan, <laughs> like, correct me if I'm wrong, but doesn't at one point in the book, Patrick Hofstetter, like, jerk Henry off? Jerk
2: him off. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah
0: he did. But
3: then
2: in the movie, Patrick Hofstetter's dead in like 15 minutes. yeah Yeah. which and that that was one choice like i wasn't super pleased with just because i felt like it was kind of rushed and they're like just trying to fit in another murder and just like trying to like (laughs) i felt like that was just like a very obvious attempt to like move the plot forward whereas like if patrick hockstetter had maybe been kept around because in the book, Patrick is like his own little like demon. He
3: mm-hmm. killed
2: his, he smothered his baby sister, or baby brother. When he was like five, he puts animals in like refrigerators at the dump. So they die. Like yeah. he's very obviously like showing signs of the McDonald serial killer triad, mm-hmm. like in the book before he even gets killed by Pennywise. And then his death at the hands of Pennywise and, Beverly sees it and it's very, it was very good. It was very, yeah, that was a really scary part. Well,
0: yeah,
2: Yeah.
1: (laughs) (laughs) well, To to be honest, I feel like the Bowers gang is handled maybe even a little better. I don't want to say better, just differently, but, but there's more of it in the miniseries than in this movie. Really, the focus seems to be more on... They've chosen to focus more on Henry in this and humanize him a little bit more, show a little bit more of his home life to give you a reason for his brutality at the expense of really having them participate too much, like... He well, I mean, the first thing that he does is he grabs Ben and he carves his H in in his stomach, which is it happens in the book, didn't happen in the miniseries, but it it shows you you know, how brutal he is, so at least that's established right at the beginning, but after that, you know, the movie just kind of goes through a lot of Pennywise scenes, one by one, appearing to the children, torturing the children, and then every now and then Henry comes in, but just not to the extent that I even felt like he did in the miniseries, so he seemed like a threat, but again, kind of more in the background, like something they could handle, or something they didn't have to deal with too often, which isn't the feeling that I got from the book or the miniseries, you know?
0: No, you're right. Henry and the gang were almost as scary as Pennywise uh, in the book. but oh, yeah. But I, I, you know, I, I get it. I get why they focused where they did. Loser.
2: Suck, powers. Shut up, Bill.
0: You say
3: something? Billy.
0: You got a free ride this year because you're a little brother. Ride's over, Dunbro. This summer's going to be a hurt train for you and your faggot friends. Actually, you know, this is a long movie and I don't (laughs) have the attention span usually for long movies, but I I just, I think it's so good. I I think that it probably wouldn't have had the production quality, but I feel like they could have done it as a limited series again and they could have um, included even more. Um, But... You know, whatever. They they made the cuts that they did, and it was fine. Their
1: first cut was like over three hours long. It took them a I know, while and to they trim keep, it down.
0: And they promised a director's cut, but it hasn't come out that I'm aware of. I'd love to see it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like you said, as is the case in the book and the miniseries, you know, you get this uh, long series of Pennywise exposing himself to (laughs) these, these kids. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> Laugh it up, clown. In the supernatural sense. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right.
1: There's no guy jerking another guy off in this movie, and there's yeah. no, you know, group orgy scene with the kids in the sewers. That's Thank
0: God. <laughs> no, they, they, they just make it a group hug, which is much nicer. <laughs> Stephen King has been on record as saying that he was coked up out of his mind the whole time that he was writing this book. And uh, he said that he he regrets... <laughs> writing in that scene i mean what it is is after they fight pennywise uh, at the at the end of the first half they're down in the sewers and they can't find their way out and they come to the determination that they can only get out like if they're adults so like they have to have like a coming of age moment and the way that they do that is they gangbang beverly <laughs>
2: I, didn't, I didn't take it as that i am like low-key i am a kind of a, an apologist for that scene uh, because i think it does serve a purpose because after they fought pennywise it was my reading that they were not as close as a group and they're kind of like losing their bond with each other which they then do, you know, after they come to the surface and they become adults and they forget and everything. But then that um, scene then like bonded them closer together so that they had that bond back and they could find their way out together and like it, you know, focus more on like the togetherness and they have to do everything together. But then also, like, this is really like nitpicky and like I'm really over reading this scene. But then I did notice that Stan and eddie i believe maybe not eddie but like two of the characters that died or maybe it was just stan like did not reach climax for lack of a better term because i'm oh not going
3: gonna...
2: <laughs> <laughs> i'm trying to find the most delicate way to talk yeah. about a child um but then he you know stan commits suicide at the beginning of the book and then i think one other character that like they were not as close to like did die because, like, he also didn't reach climax apparently.
0: Oh, that so. I don't, I'm sure you're right, I just don't remember that. And <clears throat> to be fair, you know, I it, it sounds gross in theory, um, and it still made me uncomfortable just because they were so young, but it wasn't nasty, it wasn't about no. the sex really. I mean, it was being close to one another and.
1: I love your readings are so great. You know, like uh, they sound so literary and wonderful. My my reading of it was just like, man, that was a really rough time. We need to relax.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I, what I was going to say was, you know, most of the introductions, I think, are relatively similar to what they are in the book. Like you get the blood in the sink. Uh, moment with Beverly, which I thought was really good here, yeah. and you also you see the you know the group coming together because originally Mike and well Beverly, and and even Ben you know they aren't a member of the group originally. It's it's when they come together, um, and and that you know that's kind of how Henry's gang functions in the novel too. Like they have to come together so that they can stand together against Henry. But then it's that strength that they have together that allows them to be able to battle Pennywise. As far as the introductions are concerned, I I just wanted to to bring up Stan, because his is completely new, like not in the book at all, r- unless I'm not remembering right. He sees this creepy flute-playing woman in a a painting, and then she comes out of the painting and and scares him. And then she comes back uh, later when they're down in the sewers and Pennywise is confronting each of them with what they're afraid of. Um, And that's one of the images. Uh, Stan gets separated, um, and when they find him, his whole face is in this lady's mouth and it's like a really super creepy moment yeah you know i don't mind little changes like that i think it's a good thing you know it it, it's 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 its own thing a lot let it be its own thing to some extent
1: well it modernized it a bit too because i mean some of the monsters in the book for the kids were like the wolfman and dracula and stuff it wasn't stuff that i think right now well it wouldn't have worked in the 80s you know it, it was very clear in the 50s that this this would be things that were frightening to kids but it would look really cheesy if they tried to pull that off now I thought it just yeah. kind of was a more modern update on it that just it was fine I mean the whole idea is just that these kids have these, these particular fears that are haunting them and Pennywise exploits them to each one and each of the I mean if I were to criticize a little bit of this movie it did feel like these scenes of Pennywise revealing himself or through these other kind of monsters to these kids seem just kind of stacked together And they all kind of went about the same. They're they're in a creepy room or they're in a creepy place or whatever. And, you know, it's like kind of Alone. alone and then they see the thing that's creepy, but it's not, you know, it's kind of still. And then later on, it appears to them and chases them away. And or Pennywise is there as well, you know, or Pennywise morphs into it. I mean, I guess you can't I mean what can you do? You got You got to fit all this in. There's so much to fit into this movie. You got to really pick and choose and you got to blow through it pretty quickly. Right. And this is stuff they had to blow through. So, I, I mean, I can't criticize too much. It was just, it, it just felt like a little repetitive after a while for me, like here. Okay. Now we see this kid alone. We know yeah. what's going to happen now.
3: <laughs> you know? Yeah.
1: yeah.
0: And, and I guess Ben's introduction to him was different too. Um, there, like there's a library scene. I I have to say I was a little bit disappointed that they gave the thing that was most characteristic of Mike in the book to Ben. Mike was the historian, not Ben. That's right. I I just felt like Mike really kind of got pushed into the background. And I've heard, obviously I haven't seen the movie yet, so I, I can't say whether this is true or not, but I've heard, we know from the book and the miniseries that Mike is the only one that, that stays in dairy and he's the only one who remembers really any of what happened to them when they were kids. And he's the one that calls them back. Um, I've read that in the second movie, they make Mike a junkie, like a oh. heroin addict or something. Really? Like
2: I think I heard that too. Why? Because he's black? Know <laughs> I know, right? Well, no, right? No, I think it's just because, like, he's the only one who stayed and therefore he's the only one that remembers. And it's probably just, like, kind of a way to show how, like, the trauma has, like, affected him and, like, staying in Derry has affected him and how, like, this just constant... Even though Pennywise is hibernating and whatnot, like, even if Pennywise is hibernating, Derry is still, like, a very, like, violent and negative place. And like, it's, it's probably just to show, like, how Derry and, like, life there and then plus his childhood trauma has, like, weighed him down
0: well, to the well, point of drug look abuse. look at you being all rational. Like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that, makes, that makes perfect sense. It's it's Meanwhile, true, though. I'm sitting back here like, why are they doing this to this guy? I don't, I don't...
1: Well, they, anyway. kind of, they kind of change his backstory a bit here too, don't they? They his Both of his parents die, or have died, and there's another spot where they pull in some history from the book that they don't, you know, like you said, Craig, they did get to squeeze in some nods that the miniseries didn't do. There's a lot of history about the town, but one bit of history yeah. was this big fire that happened at some place called the Black Spot, uh, and it was a big mm-hmm. deal. I think it was like a, a hangout for the African Americans in the town who were kind of ostracized or kind of like, you know, obviously product of the time put kind of put away from yeah. everybody else and this movie had his parents dying in that fire so he's an orphan basically and he's being raised i guess by his uncle and he's in working in a slaughterhouse and he's being slapped around a bit because he's not man enough to you know pull the trigger on the bolt gun and then it was interesting then that the bolt gun becomes becomes the weapon of choice, almost offhandedly, really. I mean, it's such a big deal in, in the book, and the miniseries, like the weapon that they use to kill him. You know, they, uh, y- there's a lot of thought that goes into it. And in this, it's just like, oh, I'm going to bring my bolt gun along. And that ends up being the, the thing at hand that they use on the Pennywise guy uh, when they're down in the sewers with yeah, their, but, their final conflict.
2: But then there's that awesome scene, like at the end, where they're all driving to Kneebolt Street and they turn the corner and you just see Mike strapped on his children's bike. I thought that I liked that scene a lot. Oh, I mean, yeah. It really just like got me pumped for the fight. Uh, yeah. The ending, well, the ending is where I get hung up when they go down to the sewers.
0: Well, before we get there, because. Oh, gosh, I actually like the ending. But before we get there, one of the other things that I really liked that they did here that they didn't do in the miniseries was all the stuff that happened in the house on Neibolt Street. Yeah, that was completely eradicated from the uh, miniseries. And there's some great stuff at that spooky house. That Uh, was
2: a great scene when they first go there for the first time. uh I liked that a lot.
0: It, I mean, um, it did kind of fall into the horror trope of, you know, why are they getting separated? Yeah. Like <laughs> <stick> together, <laughs> yeah, everybody it's... go to a
1: different room and get spooked out.
0: <laughs> but but it was really spooky, and uh, the leper was creepy as heck and and I he was one of the most memorable parts of the book to me gosh I don't know Uh, Skarsgård I just thought he did such a good job like when he's tormenting them there's a a missing poster of of Richie just like the missing posters of the missing kids that they've seen everywhere and it totally freaks Richie out and then he freaks them out you know in other places but um eventually he uh, comes face to face with Eddie. And I just thought that part was terrifying in this oh, cute yeah. ass little kid with this Apparently, scary uh, clown right in front of him. Ugh.
2: Apparently Jack Dylan Grazer that I think that was the first scene that he filmed with Bill. And so like, he was actually like legitimately crying at one point and like actually kind of scared. Cause he was so freaked out. But then yeah. after it, after they cut, he was like, yeah, hi, nice to meet you, Mary. <laughs> and <laughs> apparently things were like chill. But that, that was one of my favorite scenes when Richie and Bill and Eddie go in and then they get separated and Eddie falls through the ceiling and he breaks his arm. But then Bill and Richie, they get locked in that room and – Richie goes to the clown room, which was I thought was really creepy, and I mm-hmm. I thought Pennywise had him for a second, but then Bill got mm-hmm. him out. But then whenever those three doors pop up and written in blood, <laughs> is not scary at all. Scary. Very scary. So they go to the not scary at all, and then uh, they turn on the light, and it's Betty Ripsom, who was a new addition to the movie, and that's something that's unique to just this film, is Betty Ripsom's character. But then they turn uh-huh. on the light, and she has been this missing person. They found her shoe. Like, nobody knows where she is. And they turn on that light. And they you hear her say, where's my other shoe? And then you see just her torso. Mm-hmm. And, like, hanging from the ceiling. And then Richie goes, where the f- Fucks her legs. <laughs> <laughs> and that's one of the lines in the movie that got me in the theater. <laughs>
0: yeah. It, it, yeah. God, he got me so many times. There was a, when they were watching the slideshow or whatever, and Richie up to this point hadn't seen anything. And so he kind of thought everybody else was crazy. And then Pennywise appears on the screen and Richie goes, i feel you bro (laughs) that would have been me
2: (laughs) and then after richie and bill escape the upstairs and go downstairs to help eddie and they encounter pennywise bill the whole time has been reminding richie it's not real the missing poster is not real and so then pennywise turns on bill and says i'm not real enough for you billy i -hmm. was real enough for georgie should have called him petty wise
0: yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah <like> burn damn <laughs> oh man yeah
1: it, it was cool how they this this house ended up becoming the entrance to the lair you know previously in the book and in the movie i think it's just kind of a sewer pipe in the Barrens, yeah. right how they go in
2: yeah you just had to like go into manholes and then climb down
1: but in this case they actually made it in the house so they had to go in the house and that was a nice touch although it was a little silly then when they decide to go back suddenly the house is kind of normal and they can just go to the basement and go down into the sewer it's not this haunted house that it was before you know
0: (laughs) What? what are you talking about when they <laughs> when they go back
1: and they go they they decide that they're going to go down into the sewer to battle him, they just walk into the yeah. house and go to the basement.
0: Yeah, but well, I mean, yeah, they, they build just build an old creepy house. Yeah, but like nothing
1: aren't. comes out at them. Nobody's tormenting right, them anywhere. Right, it's not right, at all right, like right. their first entrance. Yeah. Well,
0: that's that's because Pennywise is luring them down there. Oh, like he yeah. wants time. them to come down. Sure. He's he's gotten Beverly, and that was one of the. I thought there was a great scene after they faced Pennywise that first time. And and they do fight him a little bit and they do hurt him a little bit. And Ben and Bev, or not Ben, excuse me, Bill and Bev are both, you know, kind of enthusiastic, like, see, we can hurt him, we can do it. And the others are like, no, you're freaking crazy. This is dumb. And there's some division. And it's when they're divided, they become vulnerable. Before we get to the end, the only other thing that I wanted to say that really made an impact on me was um, uh, Bev's dad. Bev's dad was so, Mm. so freaking creepy in this movie. And I love, Mm -hmm. you know, that's, that's, it's in the book. It's, it's there at least suggested um, in the miniseries, but here uh, they really focused on the darkness of it. How like, you know, it seems like he's just being a way overly protective father, but then it gets nasty where you can tell that he is planning to, rape her. Yeah. And and in that moment, uh, I loved that she she kicks him in the nuts and then she runs away and then she gets in the she hides in the bathroom and gets in the shower and I thought the first time I saw it that when the dad busts his way in there and pulls open the shower curtain, I thought that we were just going to see that the window yeah. in the shower was open and that she had gone away. No, she clocks him with the lid of the <laughs> toilet tank and breaks that porcelain lid over his head. And I just, I thought that was great, but I was also thinking wanna... he would be dead.
2: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Another, scene, another scene where people should be dead The apocalyptic rock war. Yes. Yes. Like, did you guys see those rocks? Like, if those rocks like really occurred in nature, there's no way. After getting hit in the head, Henry, Belch, and Victor would be dead. Yeah. Yeah. Like, there's no way. (laughs) They're like, ow. Lethal.
1: Uh, They're like, ow, and then throw one back. Yeah.
2: Yeah. (laughs) This
1: is stoning. Yes, this would this would kill you. One or two of these hits would kill you.
2: Yes. It was a good theme, though. though. It was a good scene. But uh, back to Beverly's dad. I think in this particular movie, it is – I feel like it is suggested that he is sexually abusing her. Mm -hmm. And I think that's confirmed like whenever he pushes her into the ironing board and he's down on the floor with her and he seems like he's going to rape her. And he says, do they know that you are my girl?
3: Mm -hmm, And so I
2: think that that might be something that gets – explored in part 2
0: a little oh, bit Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've I mean, already
2: It's going to be like 3 hours.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And and, and they've is... already they've already released the scene when um, Beverly goes back to her dad's house and she meets the old lady who lives there now.
2: Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, It looks good. It looks good. But anyway, so then right after that, right after Bev escapes her dad, Pennywise gets her and he takes her down into the sewers. And this leads up to the climax where they're in Pennywise's lair, which is, you know, this huge. I, I think they said they built like a 16 story set or something where there's like this column of garbage or something and then all of the missing kids floating around it. Uh, And eventually Pennywise shows up and puts on a little show for her, which I thought was a cool addition (laughs) because, you know, he's he's Pennywise the dancing clown. So give him a moment to dance
2: (laughs) (laughs) right he Um, didn't bust it on broadway not to be appreciated (laughs) and
0: uh and and she says to him or she says i'm not afraid of you he says you will be and he opens his mouth like a snake like way wider than he ever has before and you see the deadlights and the deadlights are a huge part of the book, and her yeah. eyes go white, and um, then eventually, when the boys get down there and find her, she's floating like uh, the other missing. Catatonic. Kit. Yeah, but but Jordan, tell what? Why do you find the ending problematic? I thought it was good.
2: Why well, didn't? Okay, like I just have like really mixed feelings about it, and like for a movie, and I remember seeing it the first time, and I thought it was pretty good, but. I think I just prefer the book ending and I think it would have been really effective if it had been played out in the movie. Cause in the book, how the whole ending starts is it does start with Bev, you know, having that fight with her dad, but then she evades him and like is running through alleyways and crawling underneath garbage trucks to like get away from him. Mm -hmm. But then apparently like a storm is coming. And so like the whole town is just like, feeling pennywise's vibes i guess and Mm -hmm. so like all the adults are looking the other way henry bowers gang is rabid Mm -hmm. yeah and so it's then henry bowers gang that chases them down into the barrens, right and then they all climb down the i believe they call them morlock holes but just like the manholes that are sticking out of the ground and the barrens that lead down into the sewers, they all climb down there. And so then Henry and them chase them in. And so at first, you know, the losers are staying together and then Henry Bowers gang is kind of behind them. But then one by one, Bell Huggins gets killed by Pennywise. And then so does Victor Chris. And I thought that was very, very creepy. And like, mm-hmm. that was a moment that really stuck with me because and it almost made me sad for them. And cause you know, they've been bullying the losers this whole time okay but then like through henry's own fault and like through really no fault of their own besides being stupid kids they Mm -hmm. then just get like really brutally murdered and in the adult portions of the book they are brought back again like as these like decaying corpses who are like helping henry as he's under pennywise's influence and like henry's able to talk to them about what happened and it was just like very very effective Then Henry chases them through, and then he gets lost and, like, goes crazy. And, like, he never really does anything besides kill his dad. But then he ends up blamed for all of those child murders, and he ends up in the asylum. So I think that it's, one, kind of more of, like, a direct connection to, like, what happens in the adult sections. And, two, I just think it could have been more effective. And then, three... Like I wasn't really mad at it, but it was just kind of like, oh, okay, like they have to go and down and save Beverly, they have to save the damsel in distress. Uh,
0: like, we've
2: seen this before. Uh, you know. Yeah,
0: that makes sense. That that and and that's something that there's a great fight between Mike and Henry as everybody's going down the well or whatever it is to get down to Pennywise's lair. It's a great fight, but it ends with Mike throwing Henry down the well and it, in another moment where he would definitely for sure without question be dead but he can't be dead he plays a huge part in the second part of the book yeah right
1: he does
2: yeah unless he like the blow was probably softened he probably landed in the water or some uh. cushion.
1: Okay. he hit a whole bunch of stuff on the way down. I saw it.
0: (laughs) Yeah, well, I I felt like I heard bones breaking. Like, uh, I don't know, but I wondered about that.
2: That scene, I felt like that fight scene also could have been more effective if the history of Henry and Mike in the book had then be put on screen because, like, Henry is very racist to Mike and he's very racist to the whole family Henry killed uh, Mike's dog, Mr. Chips. Mm -hmm. In a
0: horrible way, yeah.
2: Yeah. Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah, we'll see how those things uh, play out in the second part. Um, But they all get down there, and Pennywise kind of confronts them all with their worst fears. Bill sees Georgie, and he runs off chasing after Georgie. And then the rest of them eventually end up where Beverly is and they, they pull her down and there's a cute little moment where little fat Ben kisses Beverly and that (laughs) wakes her up. And she realizes that he's the one that wrote her the poem and it's cute. But then there's a great scene where Georgie is talking to Bill and saying, you know, I, I, what took you so long to find me? I'm. I was scared. I. I want to go home. These actors are kids. I had to keep reminding myself of that, uh, just because they were doing such a good job. And and Bill says, you know, I, I want nothing more than for you to come home. Uh, I love you too, but you're not Georgie. And then he pulls out the bolt gun. Um, And shoots him. And of course it's Pennywise. And Pennywise then comes back to his clown form. And they all fight him. And I just thought it was a great fight. And I loved that Pennywise knows that Eddie is a germaphobe. So he like vomits all this like black stuff on him. And that just makes Eddie go ape shit. Like, (laughs) I'm
3: going to kill you. (laughs) Uh,
0: But I, I think eventually they fight it's a great fight and I like that there were suggestions of Pennywise's true form because it turns out in the second part that he's kind of like some kind of like weird alien spider kind of thing and yeah. you, you get a little suggestion of that here but he appears as the the painting lady he appears to be as her dad but they all are just going at him and and beating him up and protecting each yeah. other and, and at I, one I, point
2: he gets a hold of bill and i yeah. thought this was really cool when he gets a hold of bill and offers like just to take bill and then you know let the rest of them go that and was then, an
1: interesting moment yeah
2: and but then like through like his influence and you see like how he has like this influence on the town and stuff, because in the book it's made very clear, like that these bad, like these bad people, like the, like Greta Bowie's family and a couple of the other families, like they were very heavily involved in like the KKK and like they had done all these bad things. And through that, like Pennywise was almost able to like elevate their status because then those are like the rich families that are living on like Broadway street that Uh, Eddie walks by their houses because he's so jealous. But then through his Pennywise's influence, like he's offering to then do that for other people, which I thought was really interesting.
0: It's my favorite scene in the movie because Bill, you know, Pennywise says, I can kill you all or you guys can leave and I'll just take him. And Bill says, Go. Richie, who has been mad at Bill for getting them involved in this goes off on this monologue.
2: I told you, Bill. I fucking told you. I don't want to die. It's your fault. You punched me in the face. You made me walk through shitty water. You brought me to a fucking crackhead house. And now? I'm going to have to kill this fucking clown. Welcome to the just
0: go up, oh, God. Uh, uh, so funny. Finn Woodard. Uh, funny, great. funny guy.
2: I would also just like to point out one of uh, Finn's other great lines in the movie. And it was after they had all burst into the Neibolt Street house. And Pennywise is like having his moment in the kitchen with Eddie. And like all the losers are there. And so then one thing I thought was really funny is that Pennywise – and this happened in the book too, I think – um, he's terrorizing them all and then all of a sudden he's just like I'm gonna go back to my lair and then mm-hmm. takes like this random side swipe at Ben for like no reason <laughs> and he like has his stomach cut open and everything but then whenever Eddie is going with his mom to the hospital Ben is just standing there looks like he's been mauled by a bear right. nobody bats an eye and then they have that fight in the street and um, Ben's just like Look at this motherfucker! He's leaking hamburger helper. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, it was great. He had so many good lines. I also love so. After you know, again, they all get back in there and fight him for a while. Pennywise uh, goes back to the the well, and Bill is about to you know strike one final blow, but it looks like Pennywise is dying, like his face is kind of like parts of it are floating off or whatever and then he falls into the well and they all walk up to the well and Richie goes I know what I'm doing for my summer (laughs) it's my summer experience essay (laughs) 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 Oh, that was so funny And then, just like in the miniseries, and it happens in the book too, they all come out and talk about their experience, and Bev says I only remember parts of it. I thought that it was interesting that she said when she was in that state, she said she saw them all down there as adults. And she says "I all I remember is how we felt. Uh, And that's when Bill uh, says swear that if it's not dead, and if it comes back, that we'll all come back. And they all have that moment where they, you know, grab hands in a circle and they swear. And yeah, uh, it's, a, it's a nice moment. And then everybody kind of trails off until it's Bill and Bev alone. They have a nice, sweet little 13-year-old sweet kiss. We find out that she's leaving, getting away from her abusive father and, and going off to live with Family somewhere else, and that's that's where it ends, yeah, and I don't know I just I was so i I was so satisfied, I just thought it was great,
1: I thought it was good, I mean yeah, again, uh it was just another take on it, and uh I wasn't I don't know, maybe it's just I've seen too many horror movies or maybe just because I know the story so well. I wasn't particularly terrified mm-hmm. by it i I could see why yeah. other people were scared, but yeah, I thought it was a solid take on the movie, and I really liked how they were able to incorporate parts of the book. And kind of update the only other movie version of this that we have, (laughs) you know, for Mm -hmm. for now. I really like that. Um, And it's interesting because when they, how they wrap this up, they didn't really hint at a, I mean, they hint at it because the story hints at it. But they didn't really necessarily obviously set it up for a sequel because I don't even think they knew they were going to get to do the second part. They didn't know how well this movie would do. Uh, But this movie ended up breaking massive records. Like, mm-hmm. like highest yeah. opening, second highest opening for an R-rated movie ever, even adjusted for inflation. It made $700 million worldwide on a $35 million budget. Like, it, I think it easily surpassed all the horror, like top horror movie opening. It just it made tons of money. It was hugely successful, broke a lot of records, and so it became pretty obvious very quickly that they'd get to do a sequel. So that's good, right? It couldn't have, it, it might have gone the other way. And so it's really nice to be able to see the same team take this and I'm really excited to see what they're doing with it uh, for the chapter because well, and- that's where the meat of the story is I feel like the, the, the really complex meat of the story is is their story as adults
0: Right, and yeah. uh, because it was so successful, people took it seriously, and they got big names uh, to play the grown-up versions of the kids. Um, yeah,
1: Bill Hader's in there. Holy
0: crap. Yeah, Bill Hader is Richie, which is genius. I yes. think he's going to yes. be fantastic. James McAvoy is Bill. He's amazing. Who is it that is Jessica playing? Jessica
2: Chastain is Yes, somebody.
0: yes, yes. Uh, it's going to be great. Or at least it has it certainly has the potential to be great. There's some there's some really strong people in it. So I'm looking forward to it and I I look forward to talking to you guys about it. <laughs> as soon I do as we too. get the chance. Well,
1: how about you Jordan? What are your final thoughts on this?
2: Um as a movie, I really loved it. I appreciate it and I've I mean I've seen the movie probably upwards of 10 times at this point. Oh, wow. I really enjoy it. And everybody knows that I love it. And then I'm a huge Stephen King fan. I love Pennywise. So then everybody wants to watch it with me. So I watch it quite a bit. But I thought it was genius for a movie. I thought the dialogue was genius. I thought the mm-hmm. story was great. And, you know, in some ways, it is a departure from the book. And as you know, the Stephen King junkie that I am, like that, kind of does disappoint me in some ways but at, for a movie I really enjoy it and I can appreciate it for what it is
0: Yeah, I, I, I agree exactly I, As and as far as film adaptations go uh, I think this is a strong one I mean I, I don't know that you're ever going to get an exact representation of any novel especially not like a 1400 page one but uh, yeah it was good All right. Well, thank you, Jordan, for joining us today. We—it's always a pleasure to have you on. Um, Thank you for having me. Oh, seriously, it's our pleasure, and uh, (laughs) we will—we'll definitely have you back for Chapter Two when we get around to it eventually, if not before. (laughs) But until then, I'm Craig, and I'm Todd with Two Guys in a Chainsaw.